Welcome to the Queen City Preachers Podcast. I'm Pastor Andrew. And I'm Pastor Molly. And we're delighted to have you with us today. Yay! We're finishing up our summer series. We are, and we're having a final resurgence of summer. I know, it's going to be like yeah. 80s, 90s this weekend. Ooh, we're going to be hot. It is. It's, it's going to be hot. Gonna but be it was hot. like 52 days ago or something like yeah, that, so that's We were kind of like okay. moving into fall, and now it's like, all right, one last summer hurrah over Labor Day, which is very fitting, you know? It is. Happy Labor Day weekend for all who labored to have this day. Yes, yes. Yeah, enjoy the weekend for those of you who travel and mm-hmm. camp and do all the things. Um, yeah. Enjoy it. Enjoy it and keep in your mind Moses. Moses, yeah. So um, another person who traveled. Truth <laughs> and had experiences when he traveled. Did a, yeah, did a lot of traveling. So, um, so we're still we're wrapping up the summer series, um, anything but ordinary, and we are the the wrapping up story is the is the story. It's the second uh, reading for the Old Testament um, for this coming Sunday. Um, and this has us, so you, you may remember last week was baby Moses, um, in the basket and, um, decision-making, traveling down the river and Pastor Molly led us down a decision-making path with her sermon. Mm -hmm. Um, and now we are leaping forward a few years and we have Moses has grown up. He has been cared for by Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh has noticed him. He's, he's had power. But then Pharaoh saw injustice. I mean, not Pharaoh. Moses saw injustice happening. He kills an, an Egyptian. Egyptian. And then he hides his body and, in the sand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's a little scandalous. Mm-hmm. And then he flees. Mm-hmm. And he flees and he goes, um, uh, he leaves the Egyptian people and goes with the Hebrews um, and then ends up um, meeting and marrying who is soon to be wife, but also mm-hmm. working for his uh, father-in-law um, out in the pasture lands. Um, and at this point in time, we also start hearing, you know, he gets connected to his brother Aaron. Although, ironically, we don't really know how that happens. Maybe Mir- Miriam did know, that, yeah. right? Like, how does mm-hmm. how do they even know each other? I mean, there's some like, gaps in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but but this story that we have right now is, is what's traditionally called Moses' call story. Um, and this is Moses after he's fled, he's out in the wilderness, he's, um, navigating his new life, um, away from the riches and the wonders of being part of Pharaoh's household. Yeah. He just kind of breaks ties. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now he's off being a rancher hand, uh, type Mm -hmm. of guy. And that's where we find him today in our story. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this is this is interesting. Um, I, I'm I'm looking forward to talking about this. Um, I'm curious. I think I know where I'm going when I'm preaching, but um, okay. but but it's really it's it's an interesting story because there are these pieces that make you kind of go, hmm, I wonder um, mm-hmm. about the past and about what the future and the future. Like I think because mm-hmm. most of us know this story in the context of the bigger story. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it makes raises some interesting questions. So I'm going to read um, Exodus three one to fifteen. And I think, too, you know, as you're talking about that thinking, as we have kind of been bringing up over the past few weeks, like, who does Moses know God to be and who do the people know God to be at this time? And how does this different and new than others have experienced God in the past? Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Good to think, though, keep those in mind here. So um, and 
just a note, I'm reading from uh, from the Tanakh translation, the JPS. Um, so it'll be slightly different than the NRS, NRSV, but it'll be it's pretty close. The Jewish study, the Bible. Jewish study Bible here. Mm-hmm. So now Moses tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, drove the flock into the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire out of a bush. He gazed, and there was a bush all aflame, yet the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I must turn aside to look at this marvelous sight. Why doesn't the bush burn up? (laughs) And when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he answered, here I am. And he said, do not come closer. Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place on which you stand is holy ground. I am, he said, the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord continued, I have marked well the plight of my people in Egypt and have heeded their outcry because of their taskmasters. Yes, I am mindful of their sufferings. I have come down to rescue them from the Egyptians and to bring them out to the, out of that land to a good and spacious place, a land flowing with milk and honey, the region of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. Moreover, I have seen how the Egyptians oppress them. Come, therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh, and you shall free my people, the Israelites, from Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and free the Israelites from Egypt? And he said, I will be with you. That, sh- that shall be your sign that it was I who sent you, and when you have freed the people from Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. And Moses said to God, When I come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, and he continued, Thus shall you say to the Israelites, Ayeh sent me to you. And God said further to Moses, Thus shall you speak to the Israelites, The Lord God, the God of your fathers, and the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This shall be my name forever, this my appellation for all eternity. Hmm. All right. So I, I am, right? I As am. we know it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's Hebrew. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So um, <laughs> it's an interesting passage. First off, uh, there are f- there are like five five refusals from Moses. These we get the mm-hmm. first two here. Mm-hmm. The first one is like, uh, what? And then who the, am I? Who yeah. am I? And the second one is, wait, but what do I have? What do I? What do I say? What do I even yeah. do? Like, what do, what do I do? You know, yeah. <laughs> It's such, it's just like such a delightful story too, right? You're passing by and all of a sudden there's a bush on fire right. and you stop to be like, hey, what's that? <laughs> right. And it's, you, th- <laughs> it's like when cars slow down on the highway because there's some incident on the side of the road. And right. Like, we all got to see it. You we know? do. And, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because this is really powerful because it's kind of like it's, it highlights the something extraordinary happening in the midst of the ordinary, right? Mm-hmm. I mean just that like out everyday life out, out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it raises, um, what, how are we paying attention? What do we see? How do we witness mm-hmm. that? It brings up the whole holy ground conversation, <clears throat> right? Oh, there's so many good things. I, I love the holy ground one, the, the take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. I love that too. And it's really mm-hmm. interesting because commentators disagree on this a little bit. Like, cause oh, yeah. some of them will be like, it wasn't holy until God names it. Mm-hmm. And others like, will be like, it's holy. Um, and God is just pointing out to Moses you're on holy ground. Well, what what does that matter, though? Well, I think it matters from the context of, like, how do we understand in our day-to-day life is all the ground that we stand on holy? Okay. 
like how do we understand where holy ground is, where is holy ground? what is and yeah. what isn't and so i think that well, even that argument is kind of an interesting mm-hmm. place to to engage in that question of how do we understand the ordinary extraordinary and is holiness mm-hmm. only extraordinary or is holiness in the ordinary as well right well in some ways tying those two i think this is a transitional period with all of that because before right the main thing is that you know the people haven't really been super active with god and god hasn't been super active with the people yeah and at this point he's hearing the cries of the people and to me the most important portion of this passage that will continue on through the rest of the Exodus and into the promised land and all of that is that God says, I will be with you. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And so it is this transition from where is God, who is God to this kind of more personal knowing of God. And so when we say, what is holy ground? Well, it's everywhere that God is present and God says to them, I will be with you. I will be with you. Mm-hmm. So in some ways it's reclaiming an awareness yeah, right, of God's of presence, God but also, yeah, where mm-hmm. God is. Yeah. And who God is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where, where, who, what, where, who, what, when, where, why, <laughs> right? Yeah. These are all the yeah. important questions, right? Who, what, where, when, why, why? how, yeah. I mean, but how? like, how? what's interesting with this too, though, is that it's like, what is, why is God responding? God is responding because we hear God say, I have heard my people's cry yeah, and their oppression. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's also really powerful that like that it's Moses's awareness of God showing up, mm-hmm. but it's also, why does God, why do we hear that God is showing up? God was moved, right? God was moved, moved by that, the people that God mercy. feels the pain mm-hmm. of the world. Yeah. Which is interesting. And there, yeah, there's all, there's kind of the struggle too between, you know, especially in the Old Testament when you think about the different um, authors of different portions of it and the different ways that they see God too. And yeah. who sees God as more with these hu- humanistic kind of characteristics, right? Where right. we get here of God being moved. And later, you know, when we think about the, the giving the offerings to God, right? The smelling yeah. of the offerings yeah. and all that good stuff, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Stinky roast meat. It's yep. like God is communing with you and eating with you and being with right. you. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just in- interesting. Yeah. But, but God lo- is moved. God is moved, but also, mm-hmm. so God is moved. And I mean, and I think that, you know, this kind of works in the human, ascribing human things, but also keeping that omniscient kind of ethereal understanding of God, too, because it's saying that. The, the God who see, who appears in the fire of the bush, which doesn't mm-hmm. burn the bush, right? It's a really interesting language. Well, the angel but like, is there first, and then God's yeah. like, hey, it's me. Yeah, messenger. And God's like, I am. It's I me. am. Here I am. Um, and this is holy ground. And what's interesting to me is that it's, it's this awareness of God's presence in the ordinary and in the holy ground and saying, I will be with you. Mm-hmm. But it's also saying, in some ways, this is kind of an interesting thing, um, which is a really powerful thing. And it makes you kind of wonder, has Moses forgotten? Why is this being said? Is that God is, in some ways, reminding Moses, I hear the pain and the suffering. Mm-hmm. I'm not apart from that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like I'm not here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't missed this. I mean, which is interesting, because you could you could read this and be like, 
Oh, so now God's showing up. Right? Yeah, it's like, been a long time, God. Right? Like, mm. But you could also be like, God is saying to Moses, hey, Moses, you ran away from the violence that you perpetrated mm-hmm. when you saw oppression and injustice. Mm-hmm. Um, and this doesn't validate, you know, Moses's actions. Mm-hmm. But God says, I see that injustice, too. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yes. You're not alone in this. It's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's like the awakening to the awareness of it. Yeah, because too, um, and one thing to remember in this, it's it's also setting up like the idea of covenant, what covenant right. will yeah. be, right? That it'll be a mutuality between the people and God. It's not just God making these promises to the people, right? Be fruitful, yeah. multiply, yeah. all those things with Abraham and Joseph and all those guys. Now it is turning into more of like a this is both of us in this together kind of a an energy, and so. And that is kind of initiated by the people crying out to God and God hearing them. And then Moses recognizing the suffering of the people and God seeing it too. So it is this back and forth, right? Yeah. This much more relational God. Which actually is really powerful. I was thinking about this because maybe this is why why it works, that God succeeds in calling Moses. Mm -hmm. I mean, Moses fights back, but like complaining. But at the same time, like, from a rational perspective, why the heck would Moses want to go back? Like he's to killed an Egyptian. Yeah, he's left Pharaoh's household, probably not on good terms. Yeah, and he, and here God is asking Moses to go back and talk mm-hmm. to Pharaoh. Well, that's why he's the best for the job because he doesn't want it. Yeah, <laughs> right. But it's also it's that God is pointing out. I see what where your heart is mm-hmm. related to the, your love of your people and that you see the injustice. Mm-hmm. Do you have you forgotten that I see that too? Mm-hmm. Right? Like I'm with the, I'm with you in this. Now hear my call for you to go back and engage this again with your people. With right? Your you people. can't just run right. away to safety and leave your people behind. Yeah, so in some mm-hmm. ways it's a yeah, it's a smack upside the head on Moses and in yeah. other ways it's also a re um uh reiteration. Mhm of a presence in the midst of injustice and oppression, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, we're not going to run from this. Yeah. We got to go, you know, get the people free too. Yeah, and Moses, I mean, we hear later, Moses is like, <clears throat> nope, I don't want to do it. Nope, I, I don't want to do uh, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't speak. Yeah. Well, well then you, you get, your brother. get Aaron, your brother can speak for you, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. What am uh, I supposed to say to them, you know? Yeah. And there's this, I think with Moses too, there's this wonderful kind of vulnerability about him. Yeah. That he recognizes, like, he's not the best person for the job. You know, he doesn't know what to say to the people no, or what to no. tell them. But when he comes to God with those doubts and those worries and that vulnerability, God responds with, well, I'll give you the answers. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Mo- Moses isn't doing this. Right. It's God working through Moses. And we've talked about that in the past, too, that God has this power in these Old Testament stories to take the people who are most unlikely and to work through them. Absolutely. And and the beauty of this story, I think, especially with like the multiple times Moses tries to get out of this, <laughs> is is a reminder that discernment and God's work in our lives mm-hmm. is not always straightforward. No, and right? not always dependent upon you wanting. Right. It. <laughs> and it doesn't always look like us getting <clears throat> the answers we think we're going to get either. So sometimes yeah. it involves listening in different ways, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes you're getting called to things you don't think you're capable of. Also true. But God says with me, you can do it. Yeah. We're going to do it together. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
and you're gonna have a whole community with you and they're gonna be a pain in the butt <laughs> <laughs> sorry moses but we're gonna yeah. do it anyway yeah they're gonna complain a lot and uh, <laughs> oh my gosh good luck with all that. the time yeah. all the time but honestly fair you know i'd complain if i was in the desert too yeah, yeah, especially, I mean, like, mm. they were, like, so much better back there and the suffering and the oppression, and, uh, and Moses was like, But at least we me? had food. Well, at least we had food back there, and Moses was like, come on. <laughs> so, um, which, is a, it, which is interesting, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because in some ways, this also comes back to God's presence. Mm-hmm. And even thinking about that, that one of the pieces of this is, and this is this goes back to the stories we've been navigating all summer, is do we trust God's promises of presence in our lives mm-hmm. um, and of abundance? Um, because if we don't, mm-hmm. like the Hebrew, the Hebrew people, right? The Israelites are like, oh, it was so much better. Slavery was even better. Was fine <laughs> because at least we were we had we we knew what to expect. Because what they were like, it's like we could provide for ourselves then. Because somebody yeah. gave us this and we knew, whereas <clears throat> here they're having to trust in a different way and it, or we're mm-hmm. leaning into that. And I feel like in some ways this is now we're making kind of a pivot back, but also to the future, like saying this question hasn't left. Yeah. Right. Like why should we follow God? Why should we follow God? And has what does the what does trusting a promise look like? Exactly. And what you said, it's like their current lived experience to them is what is so like pervasive in their minds, right? right. The, the the later suffering in the desert versus the suffering in Egypt and which one to choose. And yeah. that's why I think it's so important within this text that God says, who am I? Oh, I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham yep. and Isaac and Jacob. Yes. Um, and that's so important because when we think about trusting someone, we trust someone based upon the experiences that we have had with them. Right. And, and, and yeah, go ahead. And I love that like God's tag ending on that is this shall be my name forever. Meaning don't forget that I'm the God of your ancestors. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't go away. I've got this track record with right? you. I yeah. followed through on my promises. You should trust me, right? Yeah. And you should trust that experience more than this worldly experience of suffering. And also don't try to redefine me. Mm. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Like remember <laughs> that I was here in the past <clears throat> and I'm here now and I'm here in the future and I'm I, right. Yeah. I am, am who I have been. been. Back then, right? Yes. And I am who I am now, but based upon that, you know? Right. So. And you know me. I mean, we know through, I mean, it's how we know anybody, right? Is through mm-hmm. our experiences with them. And, and in yeah. some ways, this is that relationship building. And this is also, you know, it raises that question that you asked earlier is like, okay, so what was Moses' experience with God? Mm-hmm. Who was God to Moses? Because clearly, Moses has some struggles here because he's turning yeah. away and wrestling with this. Does, and... Somehow he knows about being a Hebrew, right? But yeah. he's also been raised an Egyptian. So, and he, so he's struggling with identity too. And so right. another take on this would be the, you know, Moses has no idea who he is. He's pretty lost 
And so mm. God comes in and God's name is I am, right? Yeah. And so it is kind of enfolding Moses into this identity of God when previously he was pretty lost in his identity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which in some ways is a, is a beautiful way to, to think about how when we are lost in who we are, we can find ourselves in God. Yeah, God right? um, paves the way for holy ground, right? God reminds us that we are with him on holy ground and that in God's name is our name too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that the messiness of our lives and our turning away and our thinking of our inadequacies all la Moses, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and anything that we view in our identity that could separate us from God, mm-hmm. you know, God, our loving mom is like, uh, uh-uh, no, mm-hmm. no, you think you can run away from me. You think you can like, <laughs> you can make up all fire. these excuses. <laughs> like, like, I'm no, gonna find you. no, I'm going to love you. Yeah. I'm going to find you. and I'm going to love you no matter what you cannot. You keep trying to make excuses to say you're not lovable and you shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing this. But, but I'm going to keep reminding you, you are. Yeah. And There's I'm here. Just one more surprise. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> now we're throwing in him him lyrics. <laughs> but like it's it's a powerful thing to like to think about is that in some ways this is I really appreciate you raising that Molly, like the wrestling with identity but then also like the the where is God in acknowledging that and embracing mm-hmm. that wrestling and of sharing yeah. a belovedness that allows Moses to mm-hmm. To settle, even though Moses doesn't, right? Like, quite honestly, Moses is going to kvetch for, like, quite a while. Yeah. He's not He's yeah. not going to calm down and just be like, okay, God loves me, I'm fine. And and that's good for us, too, right? It doesn't yeah. mean that one day you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm God's beloved child. Everything is cool, cool, cool now, you know? Like, it's like there's going to be problems, you know? Right. But yeah. God will always remember who you are, you know? So in yeah. the midst of that, you can always come back to that. And Moses does always come back to that, even if it's a roller coaster of stuff. <laughs> it, is. it is. Yeah. And so I guess, you know, in thinking thinking through this and and how we think about coming to the story, especially at the end of this series, mm-hmm. right? Is is kind of in some ways what comes to mind for me is this question of of we've we've navigated so many times of discerning identity and trust in God um and fear and anxiety related to ability or self mm-hmm. or struggles to try to do it ourselves right mm-hmm. um or even i mean we can even argue that you know Sarah and Abraham's fertility issues right like or was it um no maybe it was uh Jacob and Rachel's like right like at certain point like after 20 years of not succeeding, he yeah. finally prays to God, mm-hmm. asking, like, help with fertility. And, like, God is like, I've been here the whole time. Yeah. Like. You just had to ask. Like, do you have you, did you forget that I can be part of your conversation? Mm-hmm. And, like, that I'm yeah. here, I'm I'm connected to you? And I wonder if, like, the thread of narrative here with Moses is a reminder that even when we when we move to a place and we our identity is unknown or it has changed and we're shifting in all these different ways mm-hmm. that God still is going to be present in holy ground, yell at us through bur- through bushes, mm-hmm. whatever, but that that God's presence is still there and it what it takes is it takes us seeing it. Yeah, exactly. Right? That there's, you know, it's 
it's a little bit of us needing to grasp it too, right? To acknowledge it. I mean, you Moses know? could have run away from a burning bush, right? And just kept on walking, but he stayed, right? He took off his shoes. He took so off his shoes. What Can if we... you just have to take off your shoes? Yeah. You know, what if it's as simple as that? Or as hard as that. Ooh, yeah. Because that's not oh, easy for everybody. It's not. There's vulnerability in that too, mm-hmm. right? Expose your toes. Expose your toes or Nobody, your socks. Yeah. Or your... <laughs> no, I mean, but like, but you're right because it, what it is is it's saying, can you step into a space mm-hmm. that is being held as sacred for you? Mm-hmm. But it's only sacred. I mean, it's it's always sacred, but the only meaning for you that comes from that is if you actually take your shoes off and name that it is sacred. Yeah. Right? A church if you isn't enter in. right? Mm-hmm. This like our building isn't sacred because it's a church. Mm-hmm. Our building the people make it's because it the that. people make yeah. it that, and right? They come like in. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's that we t- it's I mean we don't take our shoes off, right? But like we, we could. We met yeah, right? We could. You we know. will at the beach on Sunday. We will at the beach on Sunday. Yeah. There you go. And that's sacred ground in a different way, right? Mm-hmm. Um and so I really wonder, like, with this, like, can we, how do we, how do we make space to take our shoes off? <laughs> yeah. Right. And remember that that promise be has been there the whole time. And can we, and maybe, you know, I, this is an interesting image that just popped in my head is, is maybe like thinking about the beach, mm-hmm. maybe we have to take our shoes off because we've, we don't feel it anymore. Yeah. Right. That like you have to take off the things that separate right us. us from that. Mm-hmm. That and so we have to take off the barriers, mm-hmm. and yeah. that that's what then allows us to be present mm-hmm. to that. And that that's a met that's a big metaphor, but it's mm-hmm. also there are there's physical realities to that too. Yeah, because when you think even about like where does Moses meet God, it's like it's not in Egypt, right? It's right. when he runs away, when he's in kind of this um, like in between, you know hinterlands kind of you know in the wilderness essentially he is in the wilderness yeah of his life mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's that a liminal, powerful thing it's kind of a liminal space in between yeah. yeah and you know for many of you and many of us like we've experienced god in liminal spaces in that in between mm-hmm. um and i think that we hear that in this story but we also hear that the in between is also the ordinary that the that God is still present in that space that is different and challenging, but is also there on this path that Moses has probably walked a thousand times. Yeah, and right? God makes it anything but ordinary, right? TM. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sanctified Art, for your series yes, this summer. We have delight. We, we have we have enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, All right. Yeah. So with that, that's. I mean, that's that's the series. Well, I will be looking forward to hearing what you've got to say on our final Sunday of the series. It's been fun. I've really it enjoyed it. It's been fun. Mm-hmm. It's been good. And so, and then we will be back, kind of running with the the more typical lectionary cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, probably preaching from the gospel again some of the time for sure. So we'll dabble a little with the gospel. Maybe. Yeah. See what. Yeah. What's happening this fall? I don't really know. We'll find out. Yeah. But it's been a delight to navigate these stories mm-hmm. um, and spend time with all of you with them as well. So For sure. So thanks for listening, friends. Uh, you've been listening to the Queen City Preachers Podcast. I'm Pastor Andrew. And I'm Pastor Molly. And be well.